Hallelujah. He brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for that today. I was not worthy, but he still found me worthy and gave me the keys to the kingdom. And I'm thankful for that today. He looked beyond all my faults, looked beyond all my failures, and he saw not what I was, but what I could be. And uh, I appreciate that today. Um, and I promise you, I'm still not perfect. And uh, so I'm still striving. And we're all going to be striving today until we make it. Hallelujah. But, man, I like what I feel in this house today. I'm thankful once again for all of our visitors that's here. And uh, I say so many times, I, I like what I feel and I feel what I like. And uh, we're thankful for each and every person. And uh, I want to say that Sister Anna's mother and father have made this their home church. I didn't get a chance to talk to the elder yet. And so, I'm just going to look at y'all as home folk. But we're thankful for that. Appreciate y'all being here. Appreciate their spirit. And uh, being around them, getting to talk with them, and look forward to getting to fellowship with them more. Hallelujah. Man, good to see Sister Matherly and Brother Matherly getting to come back. Hallelujah. And I like, I like Brother Matherly's spirit. I, I, I like his spirit. I, uh, the old elder would say, I like his spunk. I don't really know about all that, but, man, that just sounds good and sounds appropriate for this moment. And, uh, man, I tell you what, he's got a fire and a zeal for the Lord. And uh, I'm going to promise you, he gets involved. And there's people up here praying and seeking God. Brother Matherly will be in the middle of them. And I appreciate that this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to go to the book of John chapter 3 this morning. The book of John chapter 3. And I don't know if anybody has... Uh, any other preacher has had this, Brother Matherly, you might have had this problem, but when you think you're going to preach something and you just zoned in for it and you got it all figured out and everything's going great, and then all of a sudden he throws you a curveball. Hallelujah. But I feel like God had changed this late, late last night, wee hours of the night, and then back up this morning. I just felt like God had... Uh, Gave me a new direction. And man, I'm excited about Brother Sam being baptized this morning. That's awesome. Hallelujah. 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 Excited about that, Brother Sam. Thankful for your family being here. John chapter 3 and verse 1. I'm going to try to read this through this uh, fairly quickly so you can sit down. I want to say thank you for standing for uh, the reading of the Lord. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews, the same come to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher. We know. Not just me, but we all know. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Question mark. Can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb? And be born. And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter in into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. I want to talk to us just for a little while this morning on you must be, you gotta be, if you wanna see Jesus. Hallelujah. You must be, you gotta be, if you wanna see Jesus. Hallelujah. How many's gonna help me preach, treat, teach for just a little bit this morning? I feel this deep in my heart and in my soul and in my spirit. 
Apostle Paul in his writings to Timothy, he told him in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, he said, take heed unto thyself. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. What's the doctrine? Well, man, I want to talk about a little bit of that this morning, and then we're going to do a little bit about it here in just a little bit. But I want to talk to us. You got, you must be, you got to be born again if you want to see Jesus. Hallelujah. I was talking with Brother Tony Rosinski uh, here in song service, and he slipped by and he told me about one of his good friends, 43 years of age, had just passed away and the lifestyle that brother Tony come from and God pulled him out of was it was a rough lifestyle if you will and another acquaintance that me and uh, brother Tony had done passed away being about brother Tony's age and he looked at me and he said man all of them, we, us three, we ran around and both of them's passed. And you know, Brother Caleb, when we was out there, I was probably, if not the wildest one of all three of them. And here I am, I'm still alive. And I, I looked at Brother Tony and I said, Brother Tony, you know what kept you? You know what saved you? You know why you're still alive today? And he looked at me and he pointed right here, pointed down. I said, that's right because of the church, because of God and his saving grace and his mercy. Hallelujah. And he pulled you out of that lifestyle and he pulled you out of the miry pit of sin from whence we dug ourselves. And oh, the Bible said that we was all born in sin and shapen in iniquity. But thank God that one day he said, you know what? I'm getting out of this old lifestyle that I'm in. I'm tired of the pig pen that I'm setting in. I'm tired of of this old pit from whence I was. And you know what? I must be, I gotta be born again. Not just, woo, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus and he told him, you must be born again. Nicodemus, he was a ruler of the Jews. He was, uh, if you'll let me put it into these terms, uh, he was a preacher in today's world. He knew the word of God. He knew the scriptures. He knew the scrolls from the Old Testament. He, he knew them frontwards and backwards, if you will. He was a keeper of the law. He was a keeper of them old scrolls. And when he rolled out the old prophet Isaiah's sayings and scriptures and writings and and, the, and Jeremiah, he knew them. He, he knew that law and what it meant and what it represented. But here come Jesus and he was teaching and preaching uh, something a little bit different. And he was he doing healing the sick and cleansing the leopard and raising the dead and casting out devils when he come by. And he was healing them all of their infirmities. And there was something that began to turn over in the heart of Nicodemus. Uh, uh, this was something a little bit different and I wonder uh, Brother Matherly if he didn't go back and he began to pull out the writings uh, of Joel and them different ones that was and uh, Isaiah that prophesied about him coming and his coming and I wonder if it wasn't late night of scrolling over the old scrolls and the old scriptures uh, of the Old Testament reading about one that's going to come uh, and now and he's going to heal and he's going to cleanse and he's going to set free and he, he's going to deliver and I, I wonder if there was something in the heart of Nicodemus uh, as he began to read them old scriptures of old uh, and he began to say, you know what? That sounds like this man Jesus. That, that, that sounds just like what he's doing. It, it's what he's doing. And no doubt the next day he, he would get out, Brother Adam, and he'd get out in the highways and the byways and they would say, well, Jesus is over here in Capernaum or Nazareth or wherever. And I wonder if he made his way over there and he began to, to watch uh, Jesus as he began to teach. Uh, I wonder if he watched him as he broke the five loaves of bread and two small fishes uh, and as he fed the 5,000 men and, and, and plus the women and children that was there. Uh, I wonder if there was something on the inside of Nicodemus and said, I don't know what he has, but I gotta have it. Uh, 
I don't know. And I, I wonder if he got around with everybody else and he began to talk to them and talk and talk to his peers and other pastors and, and other teachers of the law, if you will, and say, man, there's something about this man, Jesus. There, there's something about, he's not like any other man. And uh, never a man spake like this man spake. And, and never a man acted like this man acted. Surely uh, he is the son of God. Surely uh, he is a man that's come from God. And, and I gotta have a talk with him. I gotta have a, a communication with him. And I don't know why the Bible puts the emphasis on him that he come to him by night. But the Bible said that where was one night. And I, I just kind of in my spirit and I asked my wife who was sitting there, uh, why do you think he come to him by night? And I gave her some scenarios. But uh, I, I wonder if there was just a night after night after night of studying them old scriptures of old, back in the Old Testament, all the prophets and, and the writings of Moses and all the different ones, that one night he couldn't handle it no more. It, it was just a fire that was shut up in his bones it was it was bubbling over on the inside of him and he said I can't take it no more I, I gotta go talk to this man Jesus and he got up in the middle of the night oh with the joy bubbling in his soul and he said I, I'm going and I, I wonder if he knocked on one door and maybe another I don't know where he's at where's man Jesus oh he's over at so and so's house he's, he's down there uh, over at uh, such and such place uh, well I gotta talk to him but somewhere some way our Bible tells us today uh, that he found him by night and he come to him and he said Nicodemus uh, uh, you gotta be you must be born again uh, he said how can I enter into my mother's womb uh, again now that I'm old he said oh uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh once you're born to the flesh you're just born there ain't nothing you can do about it you, you can't go back and change your mama and your daddy you can't go back and change your family you can't go back and change your uncles and your aunts that's just who you are and that's just what you are but that which is born of the spirit is of the spirit oh my lord if you must be you gotta be born again He said, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He didn't leave no room for argument. He didn't leave no room uh, uh, to argue about it. He said, except a man, you must be born again or you're not going to enter into the kingdom of God. Baptism is not an option. It's a must. What are you talking about? Mark chapter 16 and verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful today that I've been born again of the water and of the spirit. Acts chapter two, verse 37 and 38. It is the apostolic's candy stick, if you will. And he said, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter, who was pricked in the hearts? The people that was standing around going to know, hey, you must be, you gotta be. They was hearing the messages and they said, what must we do to be saved? And Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Peter answered the question. What was the question? Men and brethren, what must we do to be saved? And these was the words of Peter when they asked that question. Let me tell you what you gotta do. You gotta repent of your sins. You gotta ask God to forgive you of your sins. And when you repent of your sins, you gotta be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins.
Hallelujah. Oh, well, that's just a few scriptures. Well, I got quite a few more scriptures. Mark chapter 16 and verse 16 said, And Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I'm thankful today that I know that I'm saved. How do you know that I'm saved? Because I repented of my sins and I've been baptized in the name, the only saving name of Jesus Christ with the evidence of speaking in other tongues when I received the Holy Ghost. Say, well, preacher, how should we be baptized? Well, there's scripture for that too. The Bible said that the mode for baptism is by immersion. What are you talking about? The Greek word, the baptism comes from baptizo, which is a Greek word, which means to dip, immerse, or to bury. The word immersion means to dip or to bury. Acts chapter 8 and verse 36 through 38. And as when they went their way, they come into a, a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest be baptized. And he answered and said, I believest that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariots to stand still. And they went down both into the water both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Verse 36, let me take your attention to that. The Ethiopian eunuch said, here is water. Verse 38, Philip went down into the water. John chapter three and verse 23, and John also was baptizing near Salem because there was much water there. And they come and they were baptized. There was much water there. Much water requires is required because the mode of baptism is immersion. It's being buried with him in baptism. Say, well, preacher, I don't know about buried. I just think I need to be sprinkled a little bit. Well, my Bible said that you gotta be buried with him in baptism. When this old boy dies and this old mortal man passes away, Elder Simpson, they ain't gonna just put me in a grave and sprinkle a little dirt over me and say, that's good. Well, that's all it takes. Uh, hopefully they put me down there and they put a bunch of dirt over me and they cover me all up so one day I won't be stinking or scaring somebody. But I want to be buried with him in baptism. He said there's got to be, there's a lot of water here. Why, is there a, why does it take a lot of, because you got to be buried in his name. You got to go down in the name. You got to be covered in the name. Why? For the remission. Why must we be baptized? Baptism is for the remission of your sins. Mark chapter one and verse four, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Jesus said in the book of Luke chapter 24 and 47 that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. That's what Jesus said. That ain't one of the apostles or one of the old prophets. Jesus said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. I'm thankful today that I have repented of my sins. I'm thankful today that my sins has been remitted. They've been washed away, if you will, after the water of baptism. Baptism is the washing away of our old sins. They said, man, you need to go and clean the baptistry and make sure it's ready to go. And we come up here and uh, we was working on it, just making sure, getting ready for baptism, that the water was right. And man, I was looking in there and I said, you know, there's a lot of sins in them old water right there. There's a lot of sin. A lot of people being washed clean by this old water. Say, well, does the water really uh, wash you clean? It's you letting you know. It's you identifying that, God, I want the world to know that I'm, being a part, I'm a part of you. Yeah. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, Paul was commanded by Ananias 
to rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. It's washing away of the sins is what baptism does. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11, and such were some of you, but ye were washed. What was we? We were sinners. We was old, dirty, lonely sinners. We was on our way to hell. Oh, there was no good found in us. There was no good thing. The Bible said a man that's born of a woman is just a few days and full of trouble and sorrow. But we all have been there. And such were some of you. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. How are you sanctified? Because you've been baptized. You've been washed. You've signified, I'm a part of the king. I'm a part of his kingdom. I'm a part of what God has got going on at the Osho Apostolic Lighthouse. I'm thankful that I identify to be a part of the bride of Christ today. Water baptism is a part of the new birth experience. John chapter three and verse five, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Titus chapter three and verse five, according to his mercy, he saved us. He just didn't stop there. It's gonna take more than just a prayer saying, God, I'm sorry, and uh, I wanna be a part of you, and that's all it takes to be saved. But here it is, according to his mercy, he saved us. You are saved by his mercy, but by the washing and the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. It's gonna take more than just a little prayer saying, God, I wanna be a part of the church and then you're a part of the church. And you can still go do everything that you wanna do. But he demands a change. He demands that you repent of your sins. He demands that you be washed. You be baptized in the name, the only saving name. And that's Jesus Christ. And then filling of the Holy Ghost. So well, what does that do? What's the cleansing do? It's a washing and the cleansing of a good conscience. First Peter chapter three and verse 21, the like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Say, so, well... Is that the only place? No. Hebrews chapter nine and verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living. It's a good conscience. When you wake up in the morning, my grandpa would always say, he said, I'd rather sleep with a mangy dog than sleep in my own bed with a dirty conscience. Thank God for a good conscience. Thank God I can get up and hold my head high and walk through the community and people look at me and I got a good conscience about myself and I know that I've conducted myself in a way that uh, is pleasing not just to God but to the community. The Bible said a good name is rather than riches. When I was teaching the young men in Sunday school, I would tell them that you can make a million good decisions in your life. And it seems like nobody ever remembers them. But you make one bad decision in your life, whether you're young and just, uh, but it seems like that, that, that us human beings, we, we tend to remember that one bad decision. and You can make another million good decisions after that one bad decision, but it's always, if we're not careful, that one bad decision that kind of marks us. Well, do you remember when? 
Well, I remember when, but this, this man's 50 years old now, and that was when he was 16. I mean, how, how long do we got to remember that one bad decision? Um, but as I uh, was talking to them, but I, I wanted them to get the point, but there's something about having a good conscience. There's, there's something about walking around in your conscience. Uh, uh, the one writer said, you seared your conscience with a hot iron. You've, you've, you've uh, seared it. There's, you, you can't be wretched. You can't be uh, uh, pulled. You can't be, uh, uh, if you will, brought into the church and, and talked about God. We want to set a defense. Uh, well, that ain't the way I look at it. That ain't the way I see it. But thank God that we know and we have come to grips that uh, we've been buried in his name and we've been baptized in his name. And it's for a good conscience when I wake up in the morning and I go to work and uh, I can walk in and I can look at my coworkers in the eye and I can can look at them with no guilt or condemnation in my heart and, and knowing this and knowing that. But I can look at them and say, you know what? Man, we had good church yesterday. God moved in our midst. Man, we met God there and he met us there and and the presence of the Lord was in the house. Happens by a good conscience. Baptism is taking up on ourselves the name of Jesus Christ. It's identifying them. Galatians chapter three and verse 27. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. You've been baptized unto Christ. You've put on Christ. You've let the world know, hey, I'm a part of him. I'm a part of God's people. I'm a part of the bride of Christ. And when the bridegroom comes and he calls for the bride, I'm gonna be ready to meet him. When he calls and said, the bridegroom cometh. And the Bible said, when he puts one foot on land, and he puts the other on sea and he declares that time shall be no more and he calls his church away. I'm thankful when I hear the trumpet sound that I'm gonna be ready to meet him. Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you do that? You put him on in baptism. When should I be baptized? I'll tell you when you should be baptized after you repented of your sins. That's when you should be baptized. Say, well, I don't know. You, 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 some of them want to wade and do and, and they want to make sure they walk and toe the line or whatever. I'm going to tell you something. When you repent of your sins and you ask God to forgive me of my sins, God, I want you to forgive me of everything I've done that would be uh, offensive to you or offended to you or against you. I'm going to tell you something. When you get up with that clear conscience, when you get up knowing that there's nothing between me and God, I'm going to tell you something. The eunuch, when they was running down the road he looked at him and said hey there's water right here what's going to stop me from being baptized right now hey there ain't nothing stopping you if you're right between you and God let's let's do it let's baptize well I'll come to tell you today that's when you should be baptized Peter said when you repent of your sins then you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ say well what are you talking about preacher Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. How should you be baptized? Well, let's look at it here. Matthew 28 and 19, Jesus commanded his disciples to be baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter tells us to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, was this a contradiction? Was they contradicting one another? Did Peter disobey what the Lord had told him when he gave him the keys to the kingdom? No, he didn't. Because the Bible said in Acts chapter 2 that when he stood up, he stood up with the apostles. If he would have said something that was against what the Lord had told them to do, would them other apostles say, no, wait a minute, that's not right. That's not what he said. But they stood there while Peter said, you got to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Father's not a name. The Son is not a name. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, it's not a name. What is the name? He said, baptize them in the name. Not in the names. If he wanted them to be baptized in the names of the Father and of the Son, he would have put S on the end of it. But he said, baptize them in the name. What's the name? The angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph and said, Matthew, in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, And ye shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Matthew, the book of Matthew said the name of the son is Jesus. You're going to have a son, and you're going to name him Jesus. John said in chapter 5 and verse 43, I come in my Father's name. Who said this? If you've got a Bible that has written in red when Jesus speaks, you'll see that this is written in red. Jesus said, I come in my Father's name. Well, if the name of the Son is Jesus, and I come in my Father's name, well, the Father's name must be Jesus. My Lord. And so when you baptize them in the name of the Father, that's Jesus. When you name when you baptize them in the name of the Son, that's Jesus. Jesus also said in John chapter 14 and verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. Once again, it's written in red. We have the name of the Son as Jesus. The name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, is Jesus. He said, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that I've been baptized with the right formula. I'm thankful that I've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. The writer of Ephesians said in chapter four and verse five, there's one Lord, there's one faith, and there's one baptism, there's one God and Father of all who's above all and through all and in you all. I'm thankful that I've been buried in the name, not the names, but the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You must be, you gotta be buried in his name if you wanna see Jesus. I'm thankful that I've been buried in the name of Jesus. Say, well, preacher, uh, that's good, but was anybody baptized in the name? Well, I'm glad you asked. Luke chapter 24 and verse 47 said, that Jesus tells his disciples to preach repentance and remission of sins in his name, beginning at Jerusalem. What are you saying, preacher? He told them, hey, I'm gonna give you the keys to the kingdom. I want you to go preach, and I want you to preach the word, Timothy. I want you to be instant in season and out of season and reprove and rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. And I want you to take heed to the doctrine. What's the doctrine? The doctrine is repentance and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 24 and verse 47 is also found in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 when he said, you gotta repent and be baptized in the name. That's why he used the name. 
because it was in Luke chapter 24 that he commanded them to use the name. That's why he stood up on the day of Pentecost and they said, what must we do to be saved? And he said, you got to repent of your sins and you got to be baptized in the name. I come to tell you, you must be, you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ if you want to see Jesus. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, 3,000 people received the word and were baptized. Acts chapter 8, verse 12 and 16 through 16. At Samaria, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 10 and verse 44 through 48. I'm going to just cut and hit the highlights. Cornelius' household and friends who had just received the Holy Ghost were commanded by Peter to be baptized in the name. That's how they baptized in the New Testament. They baptized in the name. They baptized in going down. It wasn't in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son in the name of the Holy Ghost and baptized them. They baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that I've been buried in his name. Say, well, preacher, what are you talking about? Believers in Ephesus who have been baptized unto John's baptism were rebaptized in the name. Say, well, preacher, what if I've been baptized in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost? What if I've been sprinkled with a little bit of water in baptism? I come to tell you today the book of Acts chapter 19, verses 1, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, come to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Question mark. And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And then he stops and he said, well, if you didn't know that, how was you baptized? And he said, unto them, what were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hey, he come to say, hey, that wasn't really the right method. He had, he, had, he had it going on and he was preaching repentance. But I come to tell you today, it's gotta be in the name. You gotta be buried in the name. It ain't just, uh, it, it, it's, it's not just uh, because somebody said this or that. But he said, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name. He commanded them, I'm gonna make apostles out of you. I want to send you to the highways and the byways and I want you to compel them to come and I want you to do it by preaching my name, the name that is above every name. At this name, the Bible said, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. I'm thankful for the name. There's power in the name. There's salvation in the name. There's healing in the name. Say, well, preacher, uh, um, I need healing. Well, I come to tell you tonight, if you need healing in your body, there's, there's healing in the name of Jesus. It's who he is. John chapter one said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Say, well, preacher, uh, I don't know about, about that. I'm gonna tell you something. When I come up for healing in my body, Sister Mallory, when I'm going through a sickness, I want somebody to say the name. I want somebody to decree the name. 
He said he bore, he bore the stripes for our healing. It was Jesus that bore the stripes for our healing. I'm not gonna try to add two or three more in there when they didn't have nothing to do with standing at the whipping post. I wanna say the man that stood at the whipping post and took them 39 stripes for my healing. That took them 39 stripes. I'm not gonna say Muhammad when Jesus stood at the whipping post. I'm not gonna say Ira Krishna when Jesus stood at the whipping post. But I want somebody to say in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to be healed. Why would I want somebody else's name said over me when it's the name of Jesus that's gonna save us from our sins? So what are you talking about? He said, unto us a son is born. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And you're gonna call his name Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I'm thankful that I identify with his name. I'm thankful that when you must be, if you're gonna be, you gotta be buried in his name. He told Joseph, he said, you're going, Joseph, y'all's gonna have a son. Mary's gonna have a son. She's gonna conceive. And the Holy Ghost is gonna come upon her and she's gonna conceive and bring forth a child. And you're gonna call his name Jesus. Why? Because he's gonna deliver you from your sins. My Lord, why, once again, would I want to decree somebody else's name when it's plainly an angel sent from heaven by the Spirit of God and said, I want you to call his name Jesus because he's going to deliver you from your sins. Why would I want somebody else's name decreed and said over me when the angel said, it's the name of Jesus that's going to deliver you from your sins. I want Jesus to deliver me. I want Jesus to keep me. I want Jesus to protect me. When you do all, do it all in the name. Ephesians, Deuteronomy, pardon me, four and five. There's one Lord. There's one faith. Uh, that's Ephesians. Give me a minute. Chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 4 and 5. Hallelujah. Hear, O Israel. There you go, the Shema. Hear, O Israel. The Lord, our God, is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord. I'm gonna get it here in a minute, six and four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. I'm thankful if there's just one Lord. I'm thankful that I'm gonna love that Lord with all my heart, all my soul, and all my might. Say, well... Preacher, uh, I don't know, I come to tell you today, if you must be, you must be born of the water and of the spirit, you gotta do it in the name. If you gotta be, you gotta be born again. If you're gonna see Jesus, it's gotta be of the water and of the spirit, and you gotta do it in the name. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And we're fixing to do it here in just a moment. Brother Sam has decided, I want to identify. I want to be buried in his name. I want to identify with the children of God. I want to identify. The devil... I just said, man, this preacher's crazy. I am a little crazy. I'll tell you. Not only does the devil want to destroy the message, Brother Segrist, but he wants to destroy the people. 
So, oh, why do you think there's so much hatred towards the Jews? Because the devil's not satisfied with just the message. He wants to destroy the people. And they're in battle today. They're, they're fighting for their lives today because there is a spirit of the Antichrist that wars in this world today. And why does he war against the Jews? Because they identify with the name. They identify with who he is and what he is. And they say, okay, we're separated. We're, the Bible said, we're a peculiar people. We've been set apart. We've, been, we've come out from amongst them. And we've been separate, saith the Lord. And they don't mind being separate. They don't mind being a people that identify with the name of Jesus Christ. And so God, the devil not only hates the message, but he hates the people. Well, I come to tell you, I'm not a Jew by bloodline today, but I'm a Jew by adoption today. I've been blood-bought wherewith I cry, Abba, Father, and I've been blood-bought, and I've been adopted. Why? I've been adopted in repentance of my sins. I've been adopted when I went down in the watery grave. What? I signal to the world. I want the world to know. I want to see Jesus. I must see Jesus. I gotta be. I'm closing today as they come to the music. He hates us. He hates the message. He hates the people. Say, well, I'm gonna tell you something. All through biblical history, all through biblical time, it was uh, the adversary that come and he tried to change the message. And he come to Adam and Eve in the garden and he said, why won't you eat the fruit? And he said, well, if we eat the fruit, we're gonna die. And he said, oh, you won't surely die trying to contort the message, trying to contort the word of God. Why was he trying to change the word? It's because who he is. He's the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the Bible said that heaven and earth shall pass away. This old world's gonna pass. This beautiful building one day is gonna crumble to the ground. I do believe it's going to be the last one of the last things standing, though, before it crumbles. And not because just I built it or helped build it. Not just because I helped work on it. Because we preach truth in this beautiful sanctuary. We preach the name of Jesus Christ in the sanctuary. We believe in the name of Jesus Christ in the sanctuary. And I'm gonna tell you something. He said, heaven and earth shall pass. This building's gonna pass. All of these worldly possessions is gonna pass away. But he said, my word shall not pass away. It's who I am. It's what I am. It's who I am. Say, well, preacher, I come to tell you today, you must be, you gotta be born of the water in his name. If you wanna see Jesus, if you wanna get out of here. Say, well, well, I read to you today that the Samaritans were baptized in his name. Cornelius was baptized in his name. Ephesus was baptized in the name. Nowhere in this Bible will you find or can you read where they was baptized any other, any other way than in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19 said in the name, not names, in the name. Caleb Sampson, uh, I'm a father. I got three kids. I'm a son to Kelly and Kathy Sampson. 
I have a spirit living inside of me, but I've got a name. I can't go to the bank and write a check and put father on that check and they cash it. I can't go to the bank and put son on that check and they cash it. I can't go to the bank and put spirit on that check because I have a spirit. I'm a father, I'm a son, I got a spirit, but they won't cash that check. You know how they're gonna cash that check? Is when I put my name on that check. My God, I wanted to put his name on my life brother Tony the reason why you're here today is because you took on the name you have the name applied to your life say well preacher are you sure I'm gonna tell you Nicodemus knew right where he was coming from Elder Plappert, when he told him, you gotta be bad except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit. You can't enter in. You know what that let me know? I believe Nicodemus's mind went right back to the exodus out of Egypt when he told them, hey, there's gonna come a death angel and he's gonna pass through all Egypt and he's gonna kill all the firstborn of the Egyptians. But I'm gonna tell you how you're gonna be saved. I want you to offer sacrifice. I want you to take the blood of that sacrifice, of that spotless lamb that was slain. I want you to take it and I want you to put it on the lintel, the door top and the doorpost of the door. And when the angel comes through and he looks and he sees the blood that's been applied to the doorpost, he's gonna know that you identify with the name. You identify with the children of God. You identify with the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible said that the death angel and he passed through the land and all the firstborn of the Egyptians was killed. All the sons was killed, daughters killed, sheep, cattle uh, killed. But I'm gonna come to tell you today, not one hair, not one life that was taken that had the blood applied to the doorpost. Brother Sam, you're applying the, the blood this morning to the doorpost. You're letting the world know I identify with the name. I gotta be, I gotta be, I must be born again if I wanna see Jesus. Say, well, preacher, I ain't, I ain't never heard it put like that. What's gonna stop me from being baptized? I'm gonna tell you like Apostle Paul told that eunuch, we've got the water, we've got the spirit. Ain't nothing gonna stop you from being baptized this morning but yourself. We got enough water to baptize you. All you gotta do is repent of your sins. Say, well, preacher, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been a part of. I'm gonna tell you something. I don't care what you've done and neither does God. All God cares about is where you're going. All God cares about from this moment on. That's why the writer said in that book right there, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day you can be saved. Today is the day you can fall down on your knees and say, God, I wanna repent of my sins. I wanna be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. And I wanna receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. She you stand to your feet this morning, I'm done. You must be, you gotta be, if you wanna see Jesus. What do you gotta be? You gotta be born of the water and of the spirit. Except, he didn't leave no out. Elder, he didn't leave a way of escape. Except, a man be born of the water 
and of the Spirit. He ain't going to enter in, Nicodemus. Nicodemus knew the book. Brother Walters, he knew the Word of God. He studied it in and out. If there would have been something different in that book, you would have read where he would have said, Hey, but don't it say here or don't it say over there? Because I know the scripture. I know the word of God. You don't find that. All you find is, except a man be born again. If you know I've come from God, if you know I'm a prophet, uh, more than a prophet, you gotta be, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. Thank God I've been born again. be bad for me today without offering a chance for anybody to come to say God I want to identify I might not be a Jew by birth but I want to be adopted into this bloodline I want to be adopted into this thing I'm going to tell you something church this thing's wrapping up it's wrapping up We ain't got a lot of time. We're living in the last of the last days. We can differ on a lot of things. We can differ, but I believe that every Christian in this world today will agree that we're living in perilous times. We're living in a day and an hour that the prophets of old prophesied about this day that was going to come. And I'd like to tell you, Brother Zach Cotter, that it's going to get better. I'd like to tell you that we're going to vote in old brother so-and-so and he's going to be the best president. He's going to turn this thing around and going to add. Nope. Ain't going to get no better. I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat. It's in the White House. Because God is setting this thing up to come back for his people, for his bride. For his chosen elect. Who was that? It's them. Brother Tim Jones. I said I must be. I gotta be. Born of the water. And of the spirit. If I'm gonna see Jesus. Whew. How many. Say I'm gonna be getting ready to meet him when he comes. When is he coming preacher? The Bible said he's coming in the moment that you think not. When's that? When's that, Brother Dakota? That's on a day just like today. That'll be on a day just like tomorrow. You wake up in the morning, you get your clothes on, you brush your teeth, you get ready to go to work, and you clock in, and you start working, and when your mind's a million miles away from the coming of God, that's when he's coming. When you're sitting around the dinner table, and you're talking with your family, and you're saying, oh, this, and this is what happened to me today, honey. Oh, what happened to you? And maybe just, Brother Carter, as she starts telling you about her day, and what happened with the kids, all of a sudden, the trumpet sounds and that angel puts one foot on land and the other on sea and he declares that time shall be no more. I come to tell you this morning, he's not gonna halt his coming because your ideology or what you think. He's not gonna stop his coming because Caleb Samson is Caleb Samson. The Bible says he's no respecter of person. All I know is he's coming. And he's coming on a moment you think not. That's when he's coming. On a moment you're just carried about the day. When you're worried about your kids. When you're running them around. Getting them ready for this or for that. That's when he's coming. And I'm going to tell you. I come to tell you today. You must be. You gotta be. If you're gonna see Jesus, you gotta be born of the water. You cannot be feeling like you move. Shout. 
Cry when it's real. 